0: Welcome to the Kings Insider Podcast on NBC Sports California, brought to you by Wendy's. I am James Hamm, your Kings Insider. Joining me as always, my good friend Doug Christie. DC, what's going on? What it do? And then we've got another special guest. Uh, You know, we keep going into Doug's phone and pulling out phone numbers just randomly of people that seem like they'd be interesting to talk to. So today we've got uh, former Sacramento Kings point guard, Mike Bibby. What's going on, Mike? Bibby?
1: Not much. Just at the gym. What's going on with you guys?
0: Well, I don't go to the gym, so I'm not nearly as healthy as you, um, Doug. <laughs> Doug still partakes in that type of stuff. Doug, I'll let you take that yeah. question.
2: You, you, you're damn right, Mike. Uh, are, are you working out, <laughs> or are you working somebody else out?
1: I'm working out. I, 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 we train kids later on in the day, so we're working out just you know lifting weights and just shooting and shooting, you know, and play. Pickup games and stuff. I just try to keep my cardio up and stuff like that. So
2: you, you still you still busting some heads. I know you got the big three coming, so you must be working on uh, smoothing the jump shot out.
1: They got. I got to. You know, what I mean, as as we're older, Doug, I got to wait for my time to come. You know, what I mean, I can't <laughs> do it too prematurely. <laughs> I gotta <laughs> I gotta wait a couple of weeks till I get my footwork and. You know, what I mean, I can't just go all all year. So
0: with I, I that, gotta, I'm gonna yeah, wait. I you. you
1: know, to a couple probably a month or so still game time coming around so i could you know try to keep some legs there
0: now mike i've seen you you were back in sacramento uh a couple of times over the last couple of years um you do cardio because you look like a guy who who hits the weights hard now i mean you uh in your post nba career you've got some some buffness to you right I've always I've always gotten big
1: when I lift weights. Doug Doug could, you know, vouch for me whenever I come back from the summer whenever I come back for the summer they always say I look like a linebacker. And you know, I mean that's just I love to lift weights. I love to work out I mean, I've been doing it my whole life and it is a part of my everyday routine. So I mean I'd rather do that than to you know, to get sloppy and out of shape, so
0: Yeah. uh, Okay. So let's jump into some of this this stuff we've got to cover here today. Uh, I I don't know if everyone knows, but you've been uh, you've been coaching in in Arizona. You've been coaching high school basketball. I mean, I was on CNN the other day, and uh, sure enough, there's an article popping up from Bleacher Report about uh, a former NBA player building a dynasty in in Arizona. Why don't you tell us a little bit about? your experiences so far uh, coaching. You're coaching uh, for Shadow Mountain High School, and and things are going well, right?
1: Yeah, they're going good. We just, um, in the USA today, we're um, top six in the country right now. Uh, We're a public school. I think we're the only public school that high. And um, no one over 6'5". So we do a lot of running. We do a lot of trapping. You know, our defense, Doug knows my defense wasn't my really my thing in, in, uh, in, in the NBA, but, uh, I'm trying to teach these kids defense, just to, you know, team defense. I thought I was pretty good, um, team, team defender player. And, you know, I'm just trying to get these guys just to anticipate. And, you know, that guy's going to trap here. I got to take this pass away. Just, you know, all the stuff that you learn in the college ranks and the NBA ranks. And, you know, I'm just trying to get these kids ready for the next level. And I mean, it's fun. It's, it's, it's a headache sometimes. It's stressful, but, you know, I, I mean, it's something I love doing. I love coaching. Hopefully, I can move up to the next level soon.
2: Mike, you, you got uh, Eddie House's son, which Eddie is your your brother in law, uh, Jalen yeah. House, and 30 Was. Points, 14 Was. they're not married deals. anymore. Oh, okay. Jalen's my uh, nephew.
1: Yes. Jalen's my
2: nephew. Yeah, yeah. Thirty points, fourteen steals. The young man is going to be going to Arizona State, man. Uh, what mm-hmm. type of player is he?
1: Um, he's like he, he's a love, he, love, he has the heart of a, of a lion, you know. What I mean, he gets in there, he gets in the gym with us and plays pickup with you know grown men, and I have to calm him down, like Jalen. Settle down, you know. We, we don't have us fighting in here, you know what I mean? So I just <laughs> got to calm him down. But he um he he'll go at anybody. He he loves challenges. He I think he took it in the championship game. He took it upon himself, um, to to bring his team back. He got the crowd going. You know, I mean, he was it was like a one it was like a full court press by himself. You know, what I mean, he got wow. so many steals in the fourth quarter and brought us back. We were down seventeen in, to start the fourth, and I mean, just like he he played out of his mind in that game in the fourth quarter and um. He has all-around game. I think he play. He loves to play defense, uh, score the ball. Uh, doesn't isn't afraid to attack, and you know, like I said, has the heart of a lion.
0: You know, Mike, you were lucky enough to play for some incredible coaches, not just in the pro game, but also in college. Uh, Lute Olson, Rick Adelman, I mean, just a ton of great coaches. Who is it that uh, that your style or your that you emulate when you are coaching. Is there someone that you've sorta of picked up on a bunch of traits from and and that you deliver when you when you're coaching those young guys?
1: Um I put I put some of uh Adam and Coach Carrillos, our our elbow stuff we used to do our corner. We we run some of that. Uh but a lot of time you just let these kids run and just make decisions because basketball is a game of uh, you gotta make the decision at that time. And you don't want these kids out here thinking playing like robots. So, you know, I give them, as long as they play defense and play hard and rebound the ball, offensively get the ball out and run and, you know, just put the ball in the basket. I'll never say nothing about the shots they take. Even if it's a bad shot, I don't say nothing because I give these guys the free chance of not having to look over their shoulder and worry about if they're going to come out if they take a bad shot. And, you know, that hampers hampers anybody's games, not just kids.
2: Mike when you look at the uh the landscape of basketball AU what have you how, how much time do you spend particularly on fundamentals and trying to make sure that they can do all the jump stops all the passes and all, all those so you arm them with the proper things and then let them go from there
1: See we we do that a lot of our practice is a lot of individual work so I'll put sometimes I'll put 60 minutes on the clock and they'll work you know shooting on this end um, dribbling, drive into the basket on the other end, just to get game-like situations to where there's going to be a guy sitting here. You know, I mean, just the stuff that you that you practice on, Doug. You know that the old mm-hmm. school is practiced on. There's no bells, there's no picking up cones and throwing cones down. It's all game situations. You come off a screen. There's going to be three ways a guy could show, get around him, freeze him, split. So you know, I mean, we do all the stuff that. You know, I've learned growing up in my day, and you know, I mean, just try to put in these kids to where game situations. These are the things that's going to approach you, and you got to be able to attack it.
0: You know, Mike, you're uh, you're an Arizona guy, and you're right there by uh, by the school still. Um, have you been able to <clears throat> to go over there and take a look at that big boy they've got playing uh, for Sean Miller? He
1: used to he used to play for me when he was 12.
0: Oh, wow! And when, and when I saw him, I was like. That kid can't play. He
1: was—he <laughs> he was like too big. He was like too big for his for his age, I think. And he was just—it was hard for him to run, and he labor getting down the court. And I mean, he's an amazing player right now. Like I look at him now, like damn, he wasn't that when he wasn't that a few years ago. But I mean, he—he—he's grown up. He's—I think he's one of the best player, if not the best player in in college right now.
0: Now it's Aiden. Uh, have you? Uh, what's he like as a kid? You know what? What is his personality like off the court?
1: I just, I just seen, I just seen him real quick. I mean, it was just like for one tournament because I was playing back then still Still, and it was kind of like I flew in just for a few games and I left. So it was real quick, and he was playing on our kind of like a younger team, so I didn't really get to. Hang around with him and talk to him and do all that stuff. So it was like a real quick thing.
2: Uh, Mike Shadow Mountain twenty five and one. You mentioned sixth uh, in the country. It, it, is it over once you win a state championship? Is there the ability to play national teams? What What do you do with this? Yeah, young there's, golf a national, there's a
1: national. There's a. There's. I think it's called Geico National Tournament. Now we played in the Dix National um, last year. I think it was the first time the public school was been in that tournament. And wow. I'm pretty sure we're going to get invited to it again since we're, you know, top five in the country. And um, just have a good showing we had last year. So, I mean, we played Mount Verde last year. We lost by, I think, 12. I think they were like the top two team in the country. You know, I mean, you know how Mount Verde is. Mount Verde is like a little college. You know, they yeah. got guys 7-3. They got guys that could come in during the middle of the season to go to three schools in one season. Um he play, you know, play for three teams in one, in one season, you know, at at our high school, you can't do that. So I mean, there's so many rules that a public school has and a private school has, but our kids, you know, our kids could play with the best of them.
0: You know, Mike, uh we had Scott Pollard on 2 weeks ago, um and he's, you know, he's got this all this survivor stuff and all this are you are you glad that you stayed out of that limelight? You know, Doug has his stuff. Uh, you know, of course he's he's one of the basketball husbands. Um, but you know, a uh-huh. lot of, a lot of your teammates uh, you know, again, C-Web is on is on TNT all the time. Vlad is right in front of the camera all the time in Sacramento. But are you glad you stayed out of all that mess?
1: I mean, people have their directions that they go. You know, I think uh I have a good knowledge for basketball, and I think I was put here to give knowledge to kids and to coach and just to spread whatever I have to these kids to get them going. So, I mean, I think it was meant for me to be a coach. It wasn't meant for everybody to be a coach. I think it was meant for me to be a coach.
2: No doubt. I I would agree with you, Mike, Uh, the ability to pass information on. I I never thought that I'd be in front of a camera or try to coach kids or train or any of that stuff as we played. Mm -hmm. But when you step away from it, all of a sudden you see, man, I got all this knowledge and uh, the ability to, to pass it on. Do you find it difficult or have you learned the way to talk to today's athlete? Because they're a little bit different in how you have to deal with them.
1: Yeah, they're different. I mean, I I've I've learned to deal with them. Like I said, I've been coaching my son team since they were nine. So a lot of the kids I have, it's easy to get along with. I'm easy to get along with. I have fun. At the same time I could be serious. But I mean you, you know how it goes, Doug. Like there's certain times when you gotta be serious and the kids know that. And there's certain times right. when you can joke around and, you know, mess around on the court. But I mean, you just gotta you gotta care about these kids. To let them know yeah. you got you got to talk to these kids and let them know it's not just about basketball it's just you got to get your grades together you got to make sure of this you don't want to be one of those kids that end up being a great talent and going to junior college so you know, I'm not trying to get their grades going from the start to where get your stuff done get to now your lowest now the lowest test you got to get on the test score to get in instead of getting a 1400 you can all you need is 800 you know what I mean and yeah. so my main thing is I got to help. We help, our coaching staff helps with all that stuff, not just on the court stuff. We, It's a mental battle for us, physical battle for us off the court as well. We hold, um, you got to go see teachers every day. We got to study hall. We got to do this. I mean, it's kind of like a little college preparation that we do here for that next level. Because they're learning, they're learning MBA stuff. They're learning college stuff. So it isn't like, <clears throat> like you just, you know, some coaches, you know, might just I'm getting paid a stipend for this. So now, I'm just here. You know what I mean? These kids learning yeah. every day. It, we 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 have shoot around. We have film. We we walk through. We have walk through before games, and we have a walk through. Um, we're gonna play it this way. Now, if this doesn't work, we're playing it this way. So I mean, they're getting all everything that we got dug in the NBA. So
2: that's awesome.
0: Mike, when you see all this craziness in the NCAA right now, uh, and you're, again, you're a high school coach, so you see some of this stuff that, you know, how do you keep the agents away? How do you keep that that sort of darkness that's hanging over the high school and college game right now? You know, you see the stuff with Sean Miller and the FBI and agents trying to sell him high school players. How do you keep that away from your your kids, and how do you teach them— Look, if you get caught in that, your hand gets caught in the cookie jar. You're going to be in a bunch of trouble. Your name's going to be out all over the the newspaper and, and everywhere else. How do you how do you kind of manage that?
1: I think that I think that has a lot to do on the AAU circuit. I don't know for how much that really has to do with the high school level um, because now all this stuff going on. I'm not. I wasn't really into the AAU how that was then because I had my um you know I sponsored my team. Um, how I did my team was um, in my in my contract, so I got to pay. It wasn't like a, a team came in and sponsored. Somebody came in and sponsored my team. I sponsored my own team, so there was nobody on the outside coming in that could corrupt the kids. And so I, that's why I think we never got to play on that level because we didn't really go with anybody else except Brand Jordan. And we we were never. I'd never even seen it really. You know what I mean? So, I, I, when I was playing, it wasn't like that. When my son was playing, I was coaching them. It wasn't like that for our team. You know?
0: Yeah, I see that. So I really
1: can't. I really don't know how to answer that. With you know, as far as what's going on and how it happens, because I've never seen it.
0: Yeah, I've talked to quite a few of the young players with the Sacramento Kings, which the whole entire team is young players, and they say the same thing. Like, uh-huh. I, mean, I never saw that. I like Harry. Harry Giles said, "Hey, man, where was my new car? That ain't cool." you know he's like maybe I need to go back mm-hmm. to college and go get myself a new car but it, it just seems like a yeah. uh it, it seems like a dirty game I'm I'm glad to hear that that your kids have been able to stay away from all of that mess it, it's good yeah yeah definitely
2: Mike do you get a do you ever get a chance to talk to any of your former players from Arizona uh JT you know Miles Simon uh coach L- Ludo's and do you stay in touch with any of those guys
1: yeah, I talked to uh, Coach Olson the other day. Um, I haven't talked to Miles in a while. I haven't talked to JT in a while. Mike Dickerson used to be around with me a lot. Okay. Haven't seen him. He disappears and comes back. I don't know where. I don't even know where he's at. But yeah, he's um, some
2: of the that, guys, you know, you, my neck of the wood,
1: you always have that bond. Of you know, Doug. Like when we see each other, we went at the golf yep. tournament. We haven't seen each other in years, and come back and it's just like one day passed. You know. You know oh, how yeah. that goes. The same thing with with college.
0: That's awesome, man. Mike, when you look at all these guys, uh, you know, I honestly, I get to be around all of your former teammates almost every day. I mean, we got Doug here. Uh, Bobby's, you know, working as a scout. Uh, you got Peja and Vlade in the front office. You know, Brad Miller pops in now and then uh, when he's done with killing some sort of animal out in the wild. Um, <laughs> but... Um, you know, how much do you miss that camaraderie and being around that group of guys? Because uh, they are a good group of guys. I mean, I see them all the time.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, com- com- camaraderie is one of the best things that's going around. You know, because I mean, this big three we go- we have going, it's just like the same thing. You know, everybody's played together for a while and, you know, you hang out, get dinner. So, I mean, that's, that's like one of the main things that I missed when I, when I was done playing was the camaraderie and hanging with all the guys and on the flight playing cards and all that stuff, all that stuff makes a big difference because you're with these guys, you know, nine months, ten months out of the year. So, I mean, that's a big deal. I miss, I definitely miss the guys in Sacramento. That's probably the best team that I've probably been on, Sacramento.
2: Probably with as it far as everybody's,
1: of how people were, you know?
2: <laughs> no doubt. Um, Mike, we talk about uh, for Sacramento Kings, the shot. That's that's the one that sticks in sticks in their mind. Personally, it's that bullcrap Samaki Walker half court shot that shouldn't count. It. But uh, the shot. Uh, t- take me back a little bit. What you remember? Uh, you know, I wasn't I wasn't in that time. I think Bobby was in, and I can remember the the inbounding of, of the basketball. Obviously using C Web as a decoy, but uh, you coming off and. And nailing the footwork—that's what I remember the, the most. Because when your footwork was solid, the, the rest just happened, and that was straight up and down like I had never seen. What do you remember about that?
1: Um, I just—I t- I remember coming out of the huddle and telling uh, telling Webb that um, you know I mean I was always going to go to Webb. You know Webb was the, our, the alpha male on the team, and I told him you know if he doesn't have the shot, I'll knock it down for him. So you know I mean I threw to he didn't know if he's going to fake it to me or, or give it to me until he did. He said a good screen on Fisher, and I remember just going up and feeling it, knowing that the shot was going to go in.
0: You know, Mike. After all of these, uh, after a long career, you look back. What is what is your defining moment? Is it that? Is it that shot? Or is there something else in your career that you just it stood out as something that was miraculous?
1: I think getting traded to Sacramento was the biggest, biggest thing for me. And I think playing with those guys is the way I used to play basketball. You used to playing basketball. Everybody's looking to win. No one cares about numbers and, you know, you win, everybody, everybody shines. And, you know, I learned that. I knew that in um, Arizona and especially brought me back uh, when I came to Sacramento and I, when I got traded to Atlanta, I was kind of the body of Atlanta. You know, I was the older guy coming in and made sure everybody was good, didn't care if I scored points. As long as we won, things would be good for us. And, I mean, just like I said, getting traded to Sacramento was the biggest change in my life because I knew once I got there, playing in front of those fans and playing with that team, it would take it would take my career over the top.
2: Mike, did you know, did you know that before you got here? Because I, I know when before I traveled around the NBA to a couple of teams, and uh, I had never experienced nothing like that except like you say, like in high school, in college, where you, it's, you're playing for the love of the game, and all the bull crap doesn't get involved. Did you know that you were coming into a situation like that when you when they said uh we're trading you to Sacramento?
1: No, I didn't know. I didn't know any of you guys coming in, and. Uh... I just looked at the way cuz I I'm this is a story. I remember where it's probably my second year. I can't remember which year it was. We came to play you guys at Sacramento. The last game of the season. And I remember the place was sold out and we're the we had the worst record in the league. So I was like <laughs> if they if they're coming to see this game, they must have some really good fans. And I just told myself I'd love
0: to play here just to just to play in
1: that atmosphere and play with the type of style that you guys are playing, I thought I would have loved. And that was the main reason why.
0: Yeah, they're 18 and 40, 42, 43 right now, and every night is still a sellout. Uh, it's a new building. I bet. I'm
1: going I'm to I'm make it to a game this year, too. I'm going to try to come in the next couple of weeks, Doug. So.
0: There you go. I got, let me That's get back to these talking. weights. That's right. All right. <laughs> so, Mike, yeah, we, we need to let you go uh, get your buff on. Uh, I, I, we don't want to keep you all day, but... Um, where are we going to see you in a year or two? Uh, are we going to start seeing you in, in the college game? I hope
1: so. Hopefully somebody gives me a chance. You know,
0: I think I could,
1: I'm good with kids, and, you know, I mean, just I can relate to kids. And I think a lot of these coaches can't. I just feel like I can relate to them, and I could get a team over the top.
2: No doubt. All oh, love, Mikey. So put it Here out soon, there for man. me, Doug. <laughs> oh, you already know, man. Come on.
0: That's right. We'll talk about you on, on the telecast. Thanks, thanks for jumping on, Mike. Thanks, guys. The new smoky mushroom bacon cheeseburger is Wendy's most craveable cheeseburger yet. Juicy beef meats, smoky sauteed mushrooms, and melted Asiago cheese. But it's only here for a limited time, so swing by Wendy's and get it while you can, no matter what it takes. Doug. Your good friend Mike Bibby joined us. That was cool. Um, you know, we're g- next time we have Bibby out, we're gonna have to try to hit him with some carbs. We'll we'll uh, sneak in a frosty and some French fries and, and try to hit him with some carbs. That dude is huge. I mean, like as opposed to where he was as a player, he's like he's like pocket Hercules now.
2: Yeah, I, I like the fact that Mike stays in shape though because uh, you know he's a healthy guy. He, he's he stays in the gym constantly, and a lot of times you have to be able to um, you know you've you got to show players, you got to be able to demonstrate to them what to do. So you know with Mike coaching uh, high school basketball, his players see him and when they see him, they say, okay, I, I see what you're going what I need to do to become and he's not afraid to do the things that are required and demonstrate to these young kids.
0: You know, Doug, um, we, we touched on a little bit with him here, there in that conversation, the Sean Miller situation, and that, that just, can you believe what these high school kids are going through at this point, where you have an agent trying to sell a, a high school junior or a high school senior to a, a major basketball program, talking to you know, saying, if you can give me $100,000, I'll get him to your college, and we're talking about a guy who, who technically, he can't have an agent. He can't have an agent until he's done with college, let alone have a, an agent brokering where he's going to go. Is that just crazy to you?
2: It's. I don't know if the word is crazy. What I The word that I would use is unfortunate because these kids are, are coming in, and I, I can remember being – that age and making those type of decisions and you you know regardless of your family situation you're about to take a step into your life and you want to trust somebody you you want to know that somebody has your back and for a lot of these kids situations like that where they know nothing about it and then they find out about it later it's going to absolutely first of all ruin that relationship but it's going to ruin relationships going forward because you're going to be very apprehensive and and you're not going to want to trust and you know trust is earned but at the same time you you have to open yourself up and these kids do that at a young age and adults who are supposed to take care of these kids put them in harm's way and it's just it's unfortunate
0: yeah it is really frustrating to watch you know again i've had conversations with plenty of the kings players um i was even on the court while kyle kuzma was on the court the other day uh, and some of the lakers players were razzing him they're having a little bit of conversation Uh, and you know, it wasn't something for media years, so it's, it's not something I'm going to report on. Um, but they certainly, you know, Kyle Kuzma is a guy who his name came up that had taken, uh, some money while he was at Utah. Um, it's just, it is, it's an unfortunate situation. It's a, it's a dirty business. And for Mike being a, a guy at a public school, it's good that he doesn't have to deal with that. He's right. It is the AAU circuit, you know, even from, Uh, from coaching soccer i know that it's it's not your high school team where you get scouted it's it's your competitive team and you got to play in the right tournaments and you got to go to the right places and be seen by the right people um but it's good I, i mean of all your teammates is it surprising to you that he's the one that went straight into coaching or just because you know you know henry bibby's his father um he he was you know, grew up with Ludo Olson as his as his college coach. Rick Adelman's a great coach. I mean, he he really did hit a lot of great coaches in his career.
2: You know what I find, man, especially for guys like myself, like Mike, um, who you know play point guard, handle the basketball, di- digest the game in, in a in a big way, not only for yourself but for everybody else. Uh, you sit down after you're done, and the juices are in you. I mean, it's in me. I can see it's in him. And you reflect, like you're saying, on a lot of those old conversations when you're talking about Luos, and you're talking about Rick Adam and you're talking about Coach Pete Carrillo and uh, Elston Turner and times where you're sitting there and you're having conversations. Now you are trying to disseminate some information to a young kid and how was it disseminated to you? You know, I always use Coachy because he was so creative at the way that he would come inside my head and get in there and figure out a way to say, Doug, this is what you need to do. And I am absolutely positive those are the thing that Mike touches on, whether it's Ludos and whether it's Coachy or Adelman or any of those great coaches that he has. So does it surprise me? Not not really, actually, because I know he loves the game of basketball, and when you're done, you're trying to find that juice. You're trying to find that, the, how do I compete, and you never really find it. Coaching is, and, and dealing with basketball is just the, the closest way to find that juice, Ham.
0: You know, I find it interesting that almost all of you guys, almost every single one of you guys, has fallen back into basketball, and not out of necessity, but almost It's almost like the experience that you had here in Sacramento, uh, you and Mike and and Bobby and Peja and Vlade, and even C-Webb, all of you are still in it. You guys are all still doing basketball for a living, and and it's almost like the love that you guys had as a team, uh, you just can't give it up. You can't get away from it because you want to still be around it so much because maybe you had an experience that a lot of other players didn't have. Maybe you had something here that was so special that, you know, you just keep shining a light on it. And in your head, it's something that you just want to keep going after.
2: Well, I know for me, uh, looking at everybody, uh, Webb kind of surprised me with going into uh, Telecast and those type of things. I, I didn't know. You know, I knew he had personality, but he's really done well um, with what he's done. Uh, but for me, you know, it, it's I have truly unfinished business in Sacramento. It's uh, it's a passion of mine. I want to see this team win more than anything. I, I always talk about Capitol Mall and you know, what was supposed to happen. And it was just in my mind, like I never really had a plan B, I knew it was going to happen. So when it didn't, the crushing blow was just man. So for, for me, there's there's no place. There's nothing else. I just want to see this team win more than anything that I can explain to you. So when I see Vlade and I know his passion, and that's what I try to tell people about being in good hands and I understand, you know, oh, he did this, he did that. No, but someone who wants to win more than him for this organization, you couldn't find him. Well, unless it's one of our teammates, and that's why you see Peja, and that's why you see Bobby, and you see Brad around because – we have unfinished business to to make this this organization and this city proud um about who they are and the possibilities that can happen
0: That's an interesting you know I, we've never I don't think we've ever talked about it um you and I talk about stuff all the time I I think people know we we commute down to the the city all the time um mm-hmm. but I've I've never heard that from you which is interesting and I look at it cuz I do see the passion of every single one of you guys. And I know a lot of people, like, they say, oh, you know, look at v- Vladi, You know, does he know what he's doing? Does he not know what he's doing? Uh, you know, what is Peja doing? And, uh, you know, they don't get that, that element of it, that, that they haven't finished business and that maybe their connection to what they're doing means a whole lot more than what people think. And, you know, it's it's not about collecting the paycheck because I don't think – any of those guys are here because they need a paycheck. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe all of you have squandered every bit of money that you've ever made. But it, it almost feels like there's something else. There's some other reason why all of you guys are here. And to hear you say it like that, it actually, it makes a lot of sense to me.
2: Yeah, it, uh, it, it made sense to me as it organically happened for me to get back this way because I, I was here right before Vladi got here. And I was just, it was, it was an honor, and I could, I could feel the whatever it was for me, and I was just like, man, and and as soon as I got back around the fans and and what have you, it was uh, therapeutic in a lot of ways, but it, it, I could feel that it's, it's undone, it's not finished, it's there's it it, it must ha- it must happen how, how do how do I do that well for me right now is is running my mouth and, and trying to explain what I see and hopefully give them some solace in the fact that um, you, you are in the hands of somebody that wants this probably as much or more than you and that's rare in my opinion in this business
0: yeah I definitely agree all right Doug uh, we've had an intriguing podcast and, and a really good discussion here, um, but let's take like let's take like three minutes to talk about the actual stuff that's happening on the court. I know people do like to hear sort of the analysis of what we think and, and what we've seen. <laughs> um, so we've we've got to see Bruno Caboclo this week. For me. Yeah. I enjoyed watching him play. I would like to see him get a little bit more of an opportunity here and there. I like that he got 18 minutes, almost 19 minutes. Uh, He's long. He's athletic. Uh, I like that he fought for rebounds and that he had a defensive presence to him. Um, And he's clearly, clearly green. Like He he has not played enough NBA basketball. But what what are your thoughts on what you saw from Bruno uh, in that short stint that he got?
2: You know, I I really like what I saw, actually. I, You know, I had never seen him. I'd never heard of him. So I looked him up and and saw some highlights and different things. And, you know, with highlights, they're going to show all of your best plays. And uh, that's not necessarily, you know, I want to see that. But I also want to see, you know, who are you? What do you do? What's your basketball IQ and different things like that? And I, I was impressed by the young kid. I, I really like the fact that he goes after rebounds. Uh, he he didn't look uh, afraid. He got in. He was open and he shot it. He missed the first three-pointer. And I was thinking to myself, okay, I mean, you, you're not overthinking the situation. You're letting the game come to you. And then there was a rebound and a put-back dunk. So you see his – he's got elite size for a wing player. He's 6'9". But his arm span is like I, I don't even know it, it's huge.
0: Seven seven. And, I, I asked him. I asked
2: him. Okay, <laughs> seven seven. That is just that. That's crazy. But he also looks like he understands a little bit how to use it. Uh, you mentioned the green part. That is just something that has to come. So if the Kings uh, keep him around and try to develop him, because there is a package there. That when you look at him, he's a lump of clay, and he's big. He's athletic. And it looks like he can do some things on the court. I was happy to see him get an opportunity. Yeah,
0: yeah me too. Me too. Uh, yeah, some of the other. Uh, Doug, on top of that, is there anything else that stood out to you uh, with this young team over the last, let's say, last week? Um, or just something you want to point out and put a finger on?
2: You know, more than anything, Ham, I would say is the fight that we continue to see in them. I mean, they are young, and they they make youthful mistakes. And, I mean, you make mistakes in the game of basketball, whether you're young or whether you're an older veteran. It, it doesn't matter. But you're, you're seeing a fight, a fight to come back, a fight to not succumb to the situation. And, you know, you're down 13, and you could start to mail it in, and it, they don't do that. And I like that part of what it is that I see. Uh, I see growth in certain areas. I see inconsistency in a lot of areas. But that is the staple usually of a young player and a young team. And right now I think that Coach Yeager and the staff, they're continuing to look for the ability to pencil in uh, numbers for players where we know on a night-to-night basis that you're going to get somewhere around this. If it's a really good night, you're on the high end of that. If it's a bad night, you're on the low end of that but normally uh, on a night-to-night basis this is where we're going to be when you start to do that now you can formulate game plans that really start to work as opposed to coach yeager having to kind of find out who's going to be rolling tonight who's playing with energy tonight who's going to be playing well but that is a staple of a young team i like to see the fight ham
0: yeah i i fully agree all right uh special thanks to mike bibby for coming on the show today uh he was he was a good guest. I I haven't talked to Mike that much, um uh, but it was good to have him in. Um again, Shadow Mountain High School. He has a uh, a public school, 1400 kids, which is a small public school. He has them in the top 5 in the nation. I really do believe that some college needs to get on the phone with Mike Bibby and have him running their program going forward, that uh, he's doing some amazing things. Uh, I think they they average 29.4 steals per game, Doug. It's crazy stuff. So, again, thank you to Mike Bibby for coming on the program. All right, you've been listening to the Kings Insider Podcast, brought to you by Wendy's. If you haven't already, please visit Apple Podcasts or Google Play to subscribe. And if you like our podcast, give us a rating and a review. We would really appreciate it. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at NBCS Authentic. We'll be back next week with Doug Christie and another great guest. Thanks for tuning in, Kings fans. We'll see you very soon.